Today we are beginning a new teaching series out of Colossians chapter 3. And the title of this series is Waypoint. And the subtitle is Navigating Life in Crisis. You know, here's the thing. Uh, Oftentimes, we find ourselves in crisis moments, although uh, probably most of the time our crisis moments aren't the kind of crisis moment we are collectively facing right now. Um, But in navigation terms, a waypoint is a really important thing. A waypoint is is a a point of, 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 of direction taking you somewhere. And uh, I, rem- I remember a few years ago, and I'm sure a lot of you remember this as well, when Apple rolled out Apple Maps. You guys remember that? And some, some people in this room might be a little young to remember that. But, but uh, I remember it was one of, my first, uh, one of my first children had been born. I believe this was not long after Ellie had been born that uh, we, <laughs> that we had uh, rolled, they'd rolled out the Apple Maps release and, you know, everybody was downloading it. And then all of a sudden you start seeing these news stories of people like accidentally driving into a ditch or accidentally driving into a, a, a pond or something like that because they had, not, they had not really completed the product before they released it. And so um, that was a problem, right? Because it, so many people were having the wrong waypoint selected for them by their mapping software. And thankfully, it seems like they've got that worked out. And I haven't heard any of my friends or family members lately uh, complaining about having driven into a ditch because Apple Maps took them down the wrong road. And if you've been using Google Maps this whole time, you never had a problem. So it was all good. But, uh, but, but having the right waypoint is really important when you're trying to get somewhere. Because the direction that you are set in is the path that you are going to travel down. Um, again, from that same era, I will never forget the episode of The Office that aired where Michael Scott is driving in his car and uh, he's following his GPS wherever it takes him and he drives into a pond. <laughs> Anybody seen that? It's such a good episode. So uh, yeah, just plenty of uh, examples of this from popular culture and I'm sure plenty of examples of this in real life too. That oftentimes like maybe you've set the wrong GPS point and you've ended up in the wrong place or you you set an address and you thought you set the right one but then you find out like an hour later that you set the address in the wrong city. Uh, or you know you your your wife had the map or usually it's actually the husbands who are like yeah we don't need the map I'm just gonna go on my memory you know and uh, and we go to the wrong place. I remember my grandparents used to do this and uh, I think my grandma's watching so she'll remember um, that uh, my grandpa would be like I don't need no map he'd just go and then she'd be like well I think you just turned the wrong way and about 15 minutes later he'd be like you know I think we went the wrong way. <laughs> so uh, we all have had these moments but it's more much more serious when we're talking about spiritual things. You know, being pointed in the right direction with relation to your life, with relation to the Lord, with relationship to to other people. One one other uh, seemingly odd fact that I want to point out this morning is, did you realize that forbidden fruit and toilet paper are basically the same thing? Uh, we, We are learning that right now. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, Adam and Eve, they had the wrong waypoint loaded. Okay, they had the wrong waypoint loaded. They decided that they were going to try and get to their destination. God gave them a a, a command, and that was to be fruitful and multiply, to fill the earth and subdue it. 
they, they wanted that destination, but they wanted to take it by their own track. And so they basically said, well, we're going to do this our, on our own, in our own way. And we're going to reach out and grab this for ourselves rather than following after God's direction. And so uh, that set them on a bad course, which has led us to this point, living in a very broken world where very broken things happen and we're all dealing with this brokenness right now. They were looking for righteousness. They were looking for security and something besides God. And by the way, righteousness is just our sense of acceptance, really. If we wanted to boil down the concept to something, it's our sense of being accepted, our righteousness. I want to be right before others, right? Well, we were designed to desire to be right before God, to be righteous in that standpoint. But we have, as a whole human, as, a, as the entire human race, we have gone a different direction. And so, uh, so, so toilet paper, let's get back to that for a minute. Why do people lose their minds whenever we have a bad situation like the one that we're in? And all of a sudden, they just start grabbing for things, right? Something to feel secure and in control. Uh, what I want to tell you this morning is it really exposes the human heart when we react that way in a situation. Um, we don't have a shortage of toilet paper, by the way. I, I just read that this week in a newspaper article. There's no shortage of toilet paper. The problem is everybody just went and bought a year's supply, and it was, more, it was more demand than there was supply. So I'm excited about, like, the fact that I just, like, I have a big family, so I keep a decent amount of TP on hand anyway, especially because I have daughters, okay? Some of you dads who have daughters, you know what I mean. Um, little girls don't know how to, how to portion themselves. They, like, roll their entire hand up. I'm like, what are you? doing? And now I'm like, guys, that's like $40 worth of TP on eBay. It's messed up. Um, but uh, anyway, but you know, like, so for, um, so for us, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm probably gonna run out of toilet paper in a month or something. That's my normal thing. I just keep a lot. But uh, I'm excited about that because I realize now that when my supply starts to run out, everyone else has, will have already bought their year supply. And by then all the stores are going to be stocked and I'll, I'll have my pick of the, of, of whatever kind I want. But, uh, but, but why do we do this? Why do we, why do we stockpile? Why do we hoard? Why do people buy all the toilet paper and the sanitizer and all these things? Even though there's not a shortage of supply, there wasn't. We panicked. And so we, when people started buying all these things, it's because people have the wrong waypoint loaded, right? Just like Adam and Eve, we're looking for safety and security and righteousness and something other than God. And so when the bottom gets pulled out and we don't know where to turn, we run to the store and we pack our pantries because we have to feel secure somehow. And it really does expose the human heart. Humanity has a long history of responding this way. Again, we already mentioned this, all the way back to grabbing the forbidden fruit off the tree. It's the same sin pattern that would send us all out to stores to hoard. It, it would, it, it's the same sin pattern that would have somebody go and, and buy all the sanitizer and try to price gouge it on eBay so no one who needs it can have it. It's, it. These are the same sin patterns that have always existed that just show up in different ways depending on what the pressure is in the moment. And, and, and I'm picking on toilet paper and sanitizer right now because obviously that's the thing, you know, you go to the store right now, you can't get those, nor can you get bleach. Except for Dollar Tree has bleach, by the way. So if you need bleach, go to Dollar Tree. But uh, uh, you can't get Clorox wipes, you can't get uh, Lysol, all these things because people are afraid, right? So I'm picking on those things right now because it's the current issue, but it's, it's, 
it's always been something. So today it's toilet paper, tomorrow it's money. It was money before. Uh, materialism. Uh, it might be relationships. It could be achievements. There could be a variety of things. In fact, we're going we're gonna to talk about five specific things today that I think that we struggle with as humans. But where we look to find our safety, security, and satisfaction is a place where we are looking to find our sense of righteousness. So think about that for a minute. Where we find ourselves gravitating towards in our minds when we're in, for instance, we're in a crisis moment. Where we look to to find our safety and security in that moment is a place that we are going to to try to find our sense of righteousness. So maybe it's just having some control over my life, maybe a little bit of control, even though I'm told I have to stay home right now. It's trying to squeeze a little bit of control out of the moment. So for a lot of people, I think that that is the issue that we come back to. And, And because we are oftentimes looking for other things as our source of righteousness. What we find is as long as those things are going okay, as long as things are okay in our lives, then pretty much we feel fine. But again, as soon as the bottom drops out, as soon as as things get difficult, it throws us into a state of panic because we don't know where our safety and security is going to come from. And we can feel helpless, we can feel hopeless, we can feel anxious, we can feel depressed, and like our life is in a sort of a free fall. And I don't know about you, but I know a lot of people are feeling that way right now. And and I'll be honest with you guys, I've had a couple of times in the last week where I, like, I just welcomed a newborn into the world. And I'm like, God, why did I have to welcome a newborn into a coronavirus-infected world? Uh, Why why did this have to happen right now? You know, why, you know, uh, yesterday when I was walking through our, our building here at Serve, and I was just like, Lord, it's, it's just heartbreaking that we can't be together. Like, literally, I'm sad about it. I literally, I don't cry much, but I, I cried, okay? I, I did, and my wife can attest, attest to you that I was, it was, I was having a hard time with this. It's like, I understand the struggle, okay? But the thing that God is calling us to do is to set our waypoint not on our, our security and our peace and whatever it might be in, on this side of heaven in this world, but rather to look to Jesus. And that is where we are going to find our answers. Because today, again, we're going to look at a list of five areas where many people look towards in order to find their safety and their security, their sense of righteousness. This is not an exhaustive list. I want to say that up front. There are I'm sure you could find more things. <laughs> you know, um, humans are really good at adding lists to idols, by the way. Um, we, we, we are good at making them up. But this is something that, for me personally, experience has taught me, but also that we see in Scripture. So several of these things, uh, in fact, some of this is directly from the book of Colossians because Paul uh, is, is poking at some of the, Col- the Colossian idols in this letter. And chapter 3 is a call to action based on what Paul had been telling them for the p- previous two chapters. So we're going to look at each of these areas. We're going to expose the area. We're going to expose how fragile it is. And we're going to show why Jesus is a better ground for us to build our lives upon than these things. And after, after all these things, we just want to, we want to understand that Paul is encouraging us here, especially those of us who've committed our lives to Christ to seek after the things which are above rather than to have our lives focused on things that are of this world, right? And I want to go out on a limb, and I'm not, trust me, I'm not trying to guilt trip you. I'm not trying to pick on you today, okay? I'm a human, and we're all struggling together. 
if you find yourself in a, in a total state of despair because the bottom has sort of fallen out of our lives, I just think it's important to consider where you are anchoring yourself right now. Are you building your life on the rock that is Christ or are you building it in this world on something that's more like sinking sand? And, uh, and that's an important question for us to consider this morning. So let's go ahead and look at this passage in Colossians chapter 3. Verses 1 through 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on the things that are on the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. These, this is good news. Okay, first of all, this is really good news. And we're going to get into why this is such good news as we work through these ideas. But uh, here are the five areas, by the way. I'm just going to mention them all. Um, it's self, it's work, money or resources, health, and society. So we're going we're gonna to just walk through these briefly. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on each one, but just point out a few things with each one. And I would just encourage you to listen to the Holy Spirit. Okay, in fact, um, let's, let's just take a moment to pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, to guide us. Father, we, we have no way to really understand what you're telling us in, these, in, in, in your scriptures, except that your spirit would lead us. So this morning, I want to ask Holy Spirit that you would lead us, that you would enlighten us, open our hearts up to understand what it is you're saying to us through your scriptures today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so let's take a look at the idol of self. And these are, by the way, five potential idols in our lives, okay? Um, but self... So here's the challenge. Rather than looking to yourself, look to Christ. Now, remember we talked about waypoints, navigation. Self is one of the primary waypoints we have programmed into our lives. And this is from an early age. You know, I, I mentioned that I have a newborn in my house. Well, the day is going to come very soon where my son is going to choose himself over others. It's going to happen. I, it happens with all of them. My, my, my uh, daughter, I remember, in fact... Um, I think I can remember the first time each child talked back to me. I try to keep a, a memory of, of things like that. because uh, Not because I want to like nitpick at my kids, but, but, uh, but I remember that my children need Jesus. And I want to encourage them that they need Jesus, not to look to themselves, but to look to Christ. This is one of the primary lies the Colossians themselves had bought into. That's why I point this out first and foremost, because if you look back in the previous chapter, the very last part of the chapter, Paul is encouraging them. Hey, he's like, if, you, if you're in Christ, why are you submitting again to the world's rules? Don't handle, don't taste, don't touch, all these things. He, what Paul is saying is you're relying on your own ability to keep yourself righteous before God, rather than trusting on what Christ has already done for you. That was a problem. Because as soon as we start trusting in self, um, we're, we're in a lot of trouble. If the self-waypoint is loaded, we will end up severely disappointed. Because here's the reality. No matter how hard you work at self-help, no matter how hard you work at self-improvement, you are never going to measure up to the, to, to the standard that you have set for yourself, much less the standard the world's going to set for you, and much, even much, much less the standard that is set for you in Scripture. Okay, understand that the standard that is set for us in Scripture is Christ himself. And 
because of the fact that we are, as Scripture says, we are dead in our sins and trespasses. The Bible says because we have, we have rebelled against God by, by doing things that are out of alignment with the character and nature of who God is. God made us righteous. God made Adam and Eve to be like him, but they made the choice to go a different route, and it destroyed all of humanity from that point on. So we were made to be like Jesus, but we don't have the capacity to be like Jesus because we've been infected with this disease called sin. And it, everybody has it. Every human being has it. And, and even when we're not actively doing acts of rebellion against God, there's something in our heart that is rebellious against God. We don't naturally want him. We naturally push back at him. We naturally go towards things like self-righteousness or, or money or power or fame, things like that, to try and find something that will help us to feel sufficient. So a lot of you out there right now are thinking, well, if I could just lose the weight, I'd feel really good about myself. There's a lot of you out there who are, who are thinking, well, if I, could just, if I could just claw my way up to that, to that position that I desire, then I'll really feel good about myself. Or if I could just do what that self-help guy told me that I, I could do, I would feel really good about myself. And the reality is you'll never measure up to the world standards or even to your own. You may lose the weight, and then you're going to look at yourself and you're going to think, boy, I really wish my abs were toned. You, 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 you may get your abs toned, and then you're going to be like, man, I, I really shouldn't have skipped a leg day. You know, I mean, like all these things, we're always going to find something else that's wrong that has to be fixed. You see, we're always reaching, we're always striving, but we're never at rest because rest can only come in Jesus. But here's the thing, if your life is hidden with Christ in God, as Paul says in this passage, then you are all God made you to be in him, right? Through Christ, you become everything he is over time. He's taking you there. This is, this is a, um, you know, since we're, we've been using these ideas about navigation, think about it. If you're in the car that's going the right direction, you're going to end up at the right destination. Even if you're just the passenger. Jesus is the car. And he's said, hey, get in. As long as you're in me, you're going to go the right direction. You're going to end up in the right place. Even if it seems like your world is crumbling and falling apart, as long as you're in me, you're going to be okay. So the question then becomes, what are you building your life on? Are you building your life on yourself? Are you betting on yourself? Listen, that's always going to be a sandy foundation. Jesus tells us in Matthew 7, this parable of the, of, the found, of the two foundations, right? One is rock, one is sand. Only one's going to stand. And it's the rock. And the Bible says, Jesus himself says, I am the rock. Jesus says, you build your life on me, you're not going to stumble. Even though the wind crashes against the foundation, that foundation is going to, that house is going to stand that's built on the rock that is Jesus Christ. But everything else you could possibly build your life on is nothing but sand. And as soon as a storm comes, it's going to sweep your, ho your house right down. And that's what a lot of people are experiencing right now because they've built their life on the wrong thing. Their, their navigational waypoint is set on self. And that is always going to be destructive in the end. But how about work? You may say, well, what does that look like? 
Well, rather than building, rather than looking to your work, look to Christ. A lot of us look to our work or what we do to find our self-sufficiency and our sense of righteousness. But I know there's a lot of people today who aren't able to do the thing that they were doing a week ago. And listen, I don't want to minimize that. Like, I feel like I want, to, I want you to know God feels your pain right now. Especially those of you who are really struggling and who are wondering, how am I going to feed my family? But let's talk about our sense of identity and how we're finding our sense of identity. A lot of people find it in our work, and so that when we lose our job or we have to change jobs, it's like we have to hit the reset button on who we are because we don't know anymore. But I want to remind you of something that Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes. He wrote, Vanity of vanities. That's what he talked about, all of his works that he had done. And multiple times throughout that book, he uses that term, vanity of vanities. And he says, it's like striving after wind. Anybody ever tried to catch wind? You know, it's really easy to be caught by wind, but it's not easy to catch the wind, is it? No, it slips right through your fingers. But that's what he says it's like trying to, trying to use your work as your, your place where you find your righteousness. And that's what Solomon did for all those years. He thought, boy, I'm the king, and I'm a good one, and I'm wise, and, and, and I'm going to work hard, and I'm going to build up this great storehouse. And then I love this, this one of these lines in Ecclesiastes, and he's like, and then all of a sudden I realized all this work I've done, and some idiot's going to take over my fortune, because I'm pretty sure he was looking at his son Rehoboam and thinking, oh, man, <laughs> that guy was not a great king, okay? You know, like, and he did squander all of his father's fortune, and he got the, all the gold and stuff taken away because he was just foolish. He was unwise. No matter how great you are, you cannot keep your position or, or the things that you've built up in your job forever. All jobs will eventually cease. But here's the good news. Christ is the only one who gets to keep his position and his place forever. And again, remember we talked about being in the car, right? You want to be in the car. You want to be in Christ because then wherever he goes, you get to go with him. So if you're in Christ, then you have a position and a job which can never be stripped away from you. Neither life, nor death, nor sickness, or anything can take that away from you. You have that security in Christ. You always have a place at the king's table if you're in Christ. So no matter what, yeah, your earthly work, you won't be able to keep the product you, you build or the position you attain to forever. But if you're in Christ and if you trust in him, that position is something you could hold on to forever. So you see why, why it's so important to have the right waypoint loaded. Because you see, if, if, if self is the waypoint you're following, it's going to lead you to build your life on very shaky ground. If work is the waypoint you are following, it's going to lead you to also build your life on very shaky ground rather than in Christ. But let's look at money and resources. These kind of tie in together because that's the American work ethic. We work hard so we can have money to buy the stuff. Remember the old song? I work hard for the money, right? <laughs> Remember the song, right? And, and, and why? Well, I think in that song, he's, because it's because he's trying to get a girl, you know, but, uh, but in this case, and I remember the, you know, the old Beatles song where he talks about, you know, I'll buy you anything you want <laughs> to keep you satisfied. What a, what a shallow relationship. Um, but, uh, but money and resources, we, we in the West are so obsessed with money and resources. It's one of the ways that we feel safe and secure. But rather than looking to money or resources, look to Christ. It's the encouragement today. 
And this is one of our chief idols as Americans. And by the way, this is one of the chief idols I think that is being exposed right now. Where we feel like we have to go out and buy everything at the store so that we can have the resources we need rather than just trusting that, hey, the supply chain is going to be there. And it is, by the way. God's going to take care of me. And I'm not saying that, that you can't prepare a little bit for a disaster, but I mean, you know, and it's not wrong to have your pantry full and to be ready just in case. I mean, we live in Oklahoma. We're used to tornadoes, things like that. You always ought to be prepared, but, but then there's the, there's, there's the point where it goes overboard, where it's like you're trusting in those things to keep you safe and secure. And so, and, and I think that's an issue of the heart, okay? I'm not saying that everybody who does, you know, prepping, who has like a cellar full of stuff, is going about it with the wrong heart. I think there are a lot of people who are doing it because they want to be generous. And if, if a time comes where it's necessary, they'll have it to give out and to take care of people. And I think that's great. You know, keep doing that. But if we're hoarding just for ourselves, that really does expose something in our hearts. How do I, you know, and, and, and how do I know that this is a major issue? Again, like I said, this is something we are dealing with right now. We, we are seeing this in full action. And I do expect this to die down really soon as people realize the groceries are going to keep being delivered to the store, you know. But, but, but I under, you know, and I do, again, I understand why people are really upset. Because it does feel like things are falling out from underneath us. But if our money and our resources is really the thing we've hung our hat on for our life, it's the waypoint we've set, and I believe it is one of the waypoints we've set in America, as soon as that becomes unstable, we, we find ourselves very, very panicky. Worldly resources will always tap out. It's always going to happen. There's going to come a day when we don't have enough or we can't get what we need. We are only one supply chain failure away from our lives being drastically changed. I think we've seen that this week, right? How quickly things ran out at the store. Now, even though we are not in a time where, where things are running out, they will come back. Okay, toilet paper is still being delivered to the store. But, but we've seen how fragile our world really is. We've seen how fragile our wealth and our resources really are. But think about it. If you're in Christ, here, right here, Paul tells us in Colossians 3, you have glory waiting for you. You have abundance in Christ. His wealth is everlasting. And listen, God is good, and he is taking care of you even when the world seems horrible. I want you to know that, 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 that when disasters happen in the world, it's not because God's out to get us. It's because the world is a broken place. And God is restoring all things, but we're still in that place in between right now. And so we will, we will, we will be in the restored world someday, but we're not there yet. Or we'll run through these last two real quick, but number four is health. Again, rather than looking to your health, look to Christ. No one will escape this life alive. But I think a lot of people are really scared right now about health. And, and I, again, I understand the fear. I don't like to be sick either. Okay? I don't. Um, but this world at its worst can only take your life prematurely. That's it. And I know, and by the way, everyone will eventually face that reality of death. Everyone will. It can only take this life away from you momentarily if you're in Christ. So we're all going to die. But if you're in Christ, it's only a temporary thing because we have the hope of resurrection. 
Since we have died, since we have died to sin, we have a guarantee that in Christ we will be raised. What have we to fear? In fact, right here, Paul tells us that we've already died with Christ. We're already dead to this world, and our true life is in Christ. If we live, we live to the Lord. That's what Scripture teaches us. So our old life is already dead. And so, yes, we have a present difficulty that is taking lives. But I want to encourage you, Christian, that if your life is hidden with Christ in God, you don't have anything to fear. Because ultimately, you will be resurrected to glory when Jesus comes back. You will be. And by the way, it's not just a speculation. It's not just some kind of hope based on, on, uh, on wind. It's a hope based on a firm foundation, and that is Christ, who is risen from the dead, who's promised us that he will do the same for us. So I just want to encourage you in these times, don't look to your own health and to your life. Look to him, because if you're secure in him, your life is secure no matter what might happen to you in this world. And last but not least, let's talk about society. Because I, I know this is a present reality right now. As I look at a, at a room that normally has a lot of people in it, and there's like six of us here. I miss social interaction. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I'm just telling you guys, I do. I mean, I'm glad I have my family. and uh, But I was really excited when people started coming into this place this morning. It was like, hey, other humans, we have to stay six feet apart, but that's okay. We, no, uh, we, we can still love one another. But, you know, like, it's, it's, I miss that. I miss society. I miss being around people. I, I, I miss, like, I want to go to Frontier City. You know what I mean? Like, I want to go somewhere and do something fun, but we can't right now. But rather than looking to society, we look to Christ. Here's the thing. If we build our lives on social interaction and on having friends and relationships, there's always the chance that those things are going to be taken away from us at some point. I'm thinking the Lord that, that uh, for the most part so far, you know, I haven't had anybody permanently leave this world that I'm close to. I'm not saying that's not a possibility with this virus, but... But, uh, but we're just separated for a time. I know some people, the experience is very different than that. But here's the reality. Every friendship and every relationship and every social group you're a part of, eventually those people are going to leave this world one way or another. And if we've built our lives on those things, that will absolutely crush us. And so today, I know there are some people out there who are feeling very crushed right now because you're not able to hang out with your friends. You're not able to go out to the movies. You're not able to do the things that you really enjoy to do right now. You can't go out to a restaurant and have a nice meal together. I know that this whole social element being pulled away is really crushing some people right now. But I want to encourage you on something. You are never alone if you're in Christ. You always have Jesus. You always have the presence of the Holy Spirit. And even in your loneliest moment, you have him. And by the way, those of us who are in Christ also have the fellowship of the church. And even though we can't physically be together, we're finding ways to take care of each other. We can call each other. We can do video conferencing. There's all kinds of creative ways. We can maybe like go to the park and sit six feet away from each other. 
Um, there are all kinds of creative ways we can connect. But, but if the social element is what we've built our lives upon, it's so fragile, and we're experiencing that right now. And so I would really encourage you not to make your life about that, but to make your life about Christ. Because Christ is never going to abandon you. Christ is never going to leave you. He's never going to die. He's never going to be taken away by a pandemic. So this week, if you found yourself wrecked, and feeling hopeless, perhaps you have had the wrong waypoint loaded. Maybe it's one of these five things I just mentioned. I want to ask you a question. Have you placed your faith in something other than Christ to get you through this life? And I'm not, again, I said this earlier, but I'm not saying this to guilt trip you because you may be a Christian and you may be in a panic mode right now. And that's okay. I just want to encourage you. Listen, everybody has moments where they find themselves wondering. Remember the old hymn, Come Thou Found of Every Blessing? He says, prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. <laughs> that's the writer of a hymn that's been in the hymnal for hundreds of years. Prone to wonder, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Listen, under stress, we can all break. But I, so I'm not here to guilt trip you. And the Holy Spirit, by the way, if you're a Christian, is not here to guilt trip you either. He's here to, to bring godly conviction into your life, which will hopefully bring you back to Christ. He, his kindness leads us to repentance. But there are some, I'm sure, watching this who've never placed your faith in Jesus. If you are a Christian, he's calling you to return if you found yourself really panicking and looking to other things for your satisfaction and righteousness this week. But maybe you've never given your life to Christ. Again, for you, I believe that God is calling you, maybe for the first time ever in your life, to set the right waypoint. Stop looking to everything else around you for your safety and security and righteousness and start looking to Jesus, the only one who can give you true safety, security, and righteousness for eternity. I want to give you an opportunity this morning to respond to the gospel. Um, and, and I know this is kind of crazy. It's kind of a difficult, uh, how do we do that? Like, you can't, you can't come up here and talk to me, but here's what you can do. You can private message our Facebook group um, or, you know, Scott Walsh is on there in the chat right now. You can message him. Um, my mom, Rhonda, Rhonda Tarter, is on there. You can message her. There, and uh, I think Pastor Dwight and Pastor Richard are on there as well. You could message them, um, Pastor Dwight Kunkel and Pastor Richard Limeberry. You can message one of us, and we would be glad to have a conversation with you about that. Another thing you can do is you can email me directly at nick at newcovenantokc.org. And you can find, you know, more contact information on our website. The, the short URL is ncfokc.org. So you can contact us there, and we would absolutely love to have a conversation with you. Um, you can call up here Monday morning up to serve. We're, we're, uh, we're, the coffee shop's not open right now, but it will be Monday, so we're excited about that. But there are a lot of ways to connect with us. If you need to dedicate your life to Jesus, you need to trust Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you need to have a conversation with somebody we want to do that for you. And by the way, we're not foregoing baptisms just because of social distancing. We'll figure this out if you need to be baptized. But, uh, but here's the thing. You cannot achieve the things that you desire. Lasting, safety, security, contentment, hopefulness, joy, all those things. You cannot achieve those on your own. But Christ has all of these things in himself. And he offers to take you in so that you will go wherever he is going. You have 
you can have all these things in Christ, but to get them, you have to stop following your own directions and trust in Christ's direction. So wherever you find yourself, I, I really only have one encouragement for you today. I've said all these things, but it really only comes down to one thing. I've really, honestly, I've only said one thing today. Stop looking to anything besides Christ for your sense of righteousness and start looking to him alone. And what better time to begin this journey than in these uncertain times? So please, don't, if, if God is doing this in you right now, if, if you're a Christian, you need to return to the Lord. Or if you've never become a Christian and you want to come to the Lord, we want to engage with you this morning. Don't keep it to yourself. Make sure you talk to somebody through email or direct message or however you want to do that. I want to pray for us this morning. Father, Lord, encourage us with these words. And Lord, I also pray that you would help us to trust in Jesus even when it seems so uncertain. And maybe I should say especially when times are so uncertain. We need you more than we've ever needed you. So Lord, reveal yourself to us. And Lord, drive these words deep into our hearts. The Apostle Paul encourages us not to look to anything but to Jesus Christ, to set our minds on things which are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And Father, we know that if we are in Christ, we too are seated in that place with him. So Lord, encourage our hearts with these things. Help us to trust in you and to walk with you alone. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to the New Covenant Fellowship Sermon Podcast. If God spoke to you or if you'd like us to pray for you, you can email Pastor Nick directly at nick at newcovenantokc.org. If you'd like more information about our church, you may visit us on the web at newcovenantokc.org. We can't wait to hear from you.